Greetings everyone. I am Sandhya Acharya and you are listening to Vibha Connection, a podcast for everyone in the Vibha family produced by the Vibha Bay Area team. We hope you have understood a bit more about Vibha, its mission, the projects we support in our previous episodes. We are beginning this year with a fresh set of ideas we can't wait to share with you. On this episode we will unravel all the mysteries around funding. Who decides what to fund, how much to fund, how do we monitor the funds? We hope to answer all that and more. Follow us as we lead you on the funding trail. Welcome Chandra and Kapil. I'm so delighted to have you on the panel today. So we had conducted a survey last year about questions on our podcast that we can help answer and one of the requests we got was about funding. So we're going to dig deeper into all the different aspects of funding with you and I'm really grateful to both of you for joining and giving your perspectives. Uh to start off it would be great instead of me I'll let you introduce yourself. your role and where your role sits in the overall organization structure at vibha so our listeners get an idea of how it all works i can start off with you chandra thank you sandhya for inviting us uh, and also thanks for this opportunity looking forward i am based of milwaukee uh, i work at sc johnson consumer goods products uh, joined vibha in 2016 since then i have having a blast I absolutely love it and about 3 years back I took the role of director of projects where we have a team based in US volunteers across US and also in India and we meet regularly every week rain or shine every thursday 9 to 10 pm cst throughout the year only two weeks we don't meet is thanksgiving and christmas break but otherwise we meet that's about me Wonderful. Welcome, Chandra. And Kapil, do you want to go? Yeah. So first and foremost, thank you so much, Sandhya, and the entire podcast team to uh, give us this honor of reaching out to the larger Vibha volunteer base and uh, the listeners as well. And I'm glad to be here on this podcast. I've been listening to all the episodes that you have been putting together till now, and I must congratulate. It's a fabulous. work of the entire podcast team that you are putting up together thank you on behalf um, of everyone yeah so a little bit about myself uh, i am lieutenant commander kapil sangwan a retired indian navy officer uh, an engineer by my education uh, went on to serve indian navy for 10 years as a short service commissioned officer i uh, was largely involved with uh, special operations and uh, of special operations of the indian navy and uh, uh, i'm r- relatively quite new to vibha i joined vibha family in december 2020 in the role of managing director of vibha india operations and uh, i work full time for vibha and uh, have a team of enthused and uh, seasoned i would say uh, development professionals in the vibha operations team with me here in india we are a five member team currently so we work directly with the projects that the entire vibha 
fraternity uh, puts in their effort to uh, support and sustain. So these project partners, we work directly with them, uh, day in and out. That's my role in the Vibha organization. Wonderful. Thank you for that brief introduction, both of you. And Kapil, thank you for your service. I can see both of you are continuing you know, your service that you do um, at Vibha. So thank you so much for all you do. Um, so to start off, I wanted to ask, you know, we have so many projects at Vibha that we support. Um, we provide funds to and help them grow. But what is the process that we use behind the scenes to select these projects? Is there a driving vision or some guiding principles that we follow at Vibha before we say, yes, this project looks great for us to support as an organization? So normally the guiding principle is based on, is actually of uh, uh, the vision and mission set by the Vibha, right? That's our guiding principle. Once that is set, we look for partners who play in that area, for example, and uh, look for programs that can be selected uh, and replicated in different geographies. Those are the main principles we look for. Uh, COVID has ma made us realize one of the important things is the digital divide that is there, digital gap that is there. Not only, even in US, we see the, dif the divide. And it is, of course, you can understand that gap in uh, availability of uh, digital divides in India. And I think moving forward, uh, we'll be focusing a bit more on a digital, bridging that gap a bit more on that one uh, when we select for projects. Got it, uh, got it. Kapil, you can add more on that. Yes, so thank you, Chandra. Uh, and most of our listeners must be aware that uh, very recently, Vibha as an organization has sharpened its focus area by uh, redefining its vision and mission. And now we want to focus our energies and efforts more in terms of strengthening the public education system in India. So that uh, sharpening of our focus has helped us trim down on the projects uh, from earlier a wider bouquet of projects that we were supporting to the projects which work exclusively in public education domain. So we are gradually making that shift and looking for partners and projects which have expertise and have been doing fantastic work in the domain of public education, essentially meaning working with the governments uh, to bring in the positive change in the education system of the country. And I can actually add, if it helps, add an analogy, which I really like. Uh, people may ask, why working with the government? It's not easy, right? Uh, we can tell, you know, we have been funding over the last few years, like a million dollars a year. Viba funds about a million dollars a year. But when you look at government of India funds, right? It's up more than $100 billion yes. for education itself. Uh, the closest analogy is, let's say, if we are a honeybee, mm -hmm. Indian government funding is like an elephant in the room. That's a massive scale in difference when it comes to funds. But where we see Viba as a role partner or how we see it is as a honeybee, where we go across and pollinate and bring the positive change. I think that's what we are looking at. When we look at projects, when we look at these things, what are these projects that can scale, that can bring the positive difference? And of course, they can do it by themselves. But once you partner with a 
government which has you know unlimited funds lack of a better word the change you can bring to the systemic problems can be in a, can bring at a big a big scale right right and that way our impact um, over time becomes much bigger by yep. working with the elephant in the room as you uh, yes as you pointed out that's a great analogy so i'm hearing you know we've sharpened it's a continuously evolving process almost from what i'm hearing because you know you started out by saying now a new vision that we've sharpened our focus on public education we're working with the government which is very interesting i'd love to you know hear more about how it all works as we go along you know maybe talking about some projects um and i also heard like the importance of the projects being scalable or replicable you know geographically across regions uh, which is also very interesting um how do you how do you figure out what is a scalable or replicable project so on that front uh, the investment cost that the project uh, needs uh, and over a period of time uh, how the project is able to successfully achieve its objectives is what we see when the scale of the project is increased uh, solutions which have been developed by organizations uh, to bring in the change at a smaller scale sometimes fail to have the desired effect when the scale increases so it's very important for us to focus and identify those solutions which are which continue to deliver even at a larger scale that's more important because uh, the public education is uh, primarily a concurrent subject in india in the sense both the central government and the state government have a very important role to play to bring in this change in the education system so uh, at that large a scale things can only work when the solution that has been envisaged and has been proposed has the, those elements of replicability and scalability got it so it kind of goes hand in hand the projects being scalable replicable and then working with the government to make an impact in public education it's important for all of these factors almost to work together to get the maximum impact that we can that's correct yes sir and just to add add to what kapil said is many of us volunteers are in tech technology field right we work in corporate sectors we know what solutions or problems that can be scaled what are the things you look for or models you know the efficiencies the the cost etc that can you know i i can do it here let's say you take a manufacturing product if i make it here if i make only 100 units cost like dollar a unit but now if i do million units it may cost 25 cents unit because the scaling itself will bring efficiency and sometimes the project team uses those lenses to look for what components in a project with a partner can be scaled across geographies or different areas that you know bring in that efficiency without losing the you know impact of the project sandhya got it got it this is uh, yeah this is great to remember as we look at the projects to think about you know what lens you are using as the operations team or the projects team when you're looking at the different projects that vibha uh, funds 
Um, can we talk a little more about how you see the role of Vibha when you make these decisions? You know, we talked about the projects themselves, we talked about the government, and we talked about how Vibha, if speaking to your analogy, almost helps cross-pollinate and grow. Um, can you talk a little more about how, like what is the value add that Vibha brings um, when we select these projects for funding? Yeah. Yes. So, uh, as uh, I'll extend my uh, thoughts on the same analogy that uh, Chandra shared a couple of minutes back. So, before the elephant decides where to put its foot, uh, the honeybee needs to do a little work to make sure that that's the right place the elephant is stepping onto. So, each of these state governments or center government for that matter, uh, even though they have, so to say, immense funds available with them, but then they also, the government system inherently also has its own limitations and governments do look for a proof of concept before the solution can be adopted at a larger scale. So these proof of concepts require the NGOs to be able to prove their model in a relatively smaller geography. For example, a state has 30 districts, uh, so several tens of thousands of schools. So the NGO would be expected to prove their solution in one or two districts of the state so that then the state can put in its resources, finances to take it across all the 30 districts of the state. So that's where the NGOs look for funding from organizations like Vibha, where we can support their efforts for a couple of years before this proof of concept gets delivered to the governments. Got it, got it. That is, um, got it. So we are wor working to see that the model proves itself out and then we approach the government, you have a much better case to get the, you know, the funding on a much larger scale. Um, it brings to mind, we, on an earlier episode, we talked about, one of the projects we talked about was Sikshana, where it started you know, really small in one district, a few schools, and it grew to 300, it grew larger and larger. And I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's in like 50,000 schools or something that Sikshana is working uh, today, part, you know, working with uh, Vibha. And I remember in the journey, Vibha was, part of this program very, very early on, which probably helped in exactly what you said in the proof of concept and then being able to get to that big step um, forward. Yes, that's perfectly right. Sikshana is one of the perfect examples that you picked up, in fact. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any other interesting examples or if you want to add something, Chandra, feel free to jump in. Just to add to what Kapi said, uh, the Vibha's role is, for example, we are act as knowledge partners. The expertise we have because of the several projects we have worked across, we work with different models, different focus areas, and also uh, different geographies. Thus, the expertise Vibha brings to the partner. Uh, we can identify when we work with the partner, we can tell based on our experience what components may actually help as potential to work well and what uh, components have some gaps that needs to be fortified to you know work better that's 
one thing, right? And like I said before, we also many of us have tech background, including myself and couple. We bring that lens, that objectiveness into the project evaluation and identification. And also, whenever some of the projects we fund are in remotest areas, they don't use technology as much as you know many of the organizations use because of lack of resources there or lack of infrastructure. And in those cases, even Viba volunteers and all of us advocate for bringing the, the infrastructure, upgrading themselves so that they can bring it up. And one of the examples, at least that stands out, Sikshna we have been funding for 15 years. And recently we started about three years back funding Leap Forward. Mm -hmm. It's a novel way of teaching English. Mm -hmm. All right. Because some of us have gone to English medium schools and we know how the teachers can play a big role. Sometimes teachers themselves do not know how to speak English and they struggle. And if the teachers do not know, then you already know the bottleneck. So Leaf Forward has identified that gap. They realized that is the bottleneck. So what they have said is, let me let us empower the teachers by coming with a digital tool where what they do is take that English phonetics and translate to the vernacular language. Now the teacher is confident about teaching English by reading the local language and imparting. So already you are above the starting point of inhibition, right? Now you can teach confidently to the students and students now learn. Teacher A can teach confidently, will enjoy teaching, has pleasure in teaching. So that automatically shows in teaching students, right? That's number. That's an awesome project. When we came across that one, we said we have to fund that project. We took it up. And the project lead is based in Bangalore. Luckily, he's in, uh, based off India. We are, like I said, our project leads are both in US and India. So he's able to connect with the project quite a bit on a regular basis. And he and the founder member, Pranil, Kshitij is the project lead. Pranil is the founder member of Sleep for Bird. They connect on a regular basis. Sometimes we even joke. Shitish, I don't know whether you work for Viba or volunteer for Viba or you are volunteering for Leap Forward because he's in the deep of the you know details. When he, during the discussions, he realized that Leap Forward uses technology, but they don't use technology efficiently. Like some of the things because they want to maintain costs. They don't have enough funds, resources, right? They take any like tools or applications off the shelf. They don't pay security fees, et cetera, not. And there's, there can be like a lot of security problems in future. So Leaf, uh, Shitish said, told them invest money, no problem. We are willing to find, but do the proper way. Take technology's help. And they were using a lot of manual things of following up with the teachers and students. He said, why don't you use technology, automate the process, et cetera. So he has made sure that technology is used to the best. That's number one. That's a, like a place where we played a role by giving them you know, what should be done. The second, like Kapil said, right? Working with the governments and trying to take to different geographies. When we started partnering with Leaf Forward, it was in Maharashtra trying to teach English through Marathi. But now... Viba has taken leap forward to Andhra, Telangana, and even Jharkhand recently. That project we started 
this January, Sandhya. And with our help, they are also playing in Rajasthan and Madhya Pradesh. Viba is not funding those components, but we gave them confidence that you can actually go to different geographies to play and replicate that one. So now when they started this translation, they only had English to Marathi. Now they have an English to Hindi, and then also Telugu, and now Jharkhand. So they're now scaling, actually using technology to scale. And actually that is one of the projects I feel absolutely proud of that we brought in the last three years, Sandhya. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's uh, so refreshing to hear this from you. And we were fortunate to have Pranil and Shitej on one of our earlier episodes to talk about Leap Forward, which was their model is so eye-opening. You know, just like you mentioned, it is, uh, you don't think about how, because it's such a unique uh, situation in India, right? So it, this prob this solution they have brought is very unique to the problem. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, wonderful to hear that from you, and so it's clear you know there's multiple roles that Vibha plays. But from what I'm hearing, it's a proof of concept definitely before we approach the government. But also on an ongoing level, Vibha is deeply involved, as we can see from the examples both uh, you, Kapil, and Chandra. You mentioned they, Vibha is deeply involved in sometimes even making sure the model that the NGO follows it gets more efficient, like you mentioned with Leap Forward um, and the digital tools, um, and also then making sure this project is scalable and can be taken forward to other geographies. Um, yeah, this is uh, very actually enlightening for me to hear this entire thing come together uh, about the role of Vibha. So yeah, this is amazing. And it's also a great segue into my next question that I have for you, which we kind of touched upon a little bit, but I want to talk a little more about, so what happens once we select the projects? Uh, how do we monitor them? What does the operations team do? What does the projects team do? Uh, and again, are there any guiding principles around the evaluation? Like I think you mentioned you meet every week, uh, Chandra, to go over it. I'm sure, Kapil, you are like hands-on over there looking at these projects. What are What is the lens that you look through when you evaluate these projects for performance and you know making a decision of funding more or uh, scaling it? How do you approach it? So once the projects have been selected by Vibha for funding, uh, normally the projects in public education domain, uh, we need to understand that it takes three to five years to be able to show the real impact of our interventions. So that sort of a commitment we do make to partners so that they are comfortable when they go on to the field to implement their solutions. Um, but the proposals are invited from the projects, uh, from the project organizations, NGOs, every year. So every 12 months, we receive a proposal from them where in a very detailed manner, they share their plan of action, the, the objectives that they intend to achieve, the different milestones, the timeline that they commit to us. That is reviewed by the entire projects team. And against those commitments, we regularly review the projects. So when I say we, uh, primarily the India operations team, which works full-time with these projects, we have our uh, periodic reviews with these projects to be able to gauge how they are progressing as against what was proposed by them. 
and then these observations are taken to the projects team the larger team where we discuss as a larger group how the project has been progressing and if there are any course corrections required midway and uh, both the quantitative and qualitative indicators are identified at the at the stage of proposal and we evaluate the project's performance based on these indicators we are uh, in fact even uh, working on identifying these key performance indicators for the projects so that we can see how these entire efforts align with the sustainable development goals which have been universally accepted so we try to make it uh, relevant to the i would say the universal understanding that has come towards uh, uh, developing solutions to address issues regarding education uh, coming to uh, working on the teams uh, both the india operations team and projects team they work uh, as i said close and in hand and uh, in fact for that matter uh, the most active team members that we get to work with from the viva us team is the projects team members so we try to give the field situation to our team members from here in india so that um, decisions can be taken in a more objective manner got it uh, to add uh, uh, to what kapil said for every project we have a program manager i know program manager comes from india operations team and a project lead project lead can be anywhere in us or in india are associated with the project once we decide to fund the project like kapil said we during the renewal call we go through the process how it is doing whether we should fund all those things once they are we are aligned we fund the project midway through the program manager if the project lead is in india is accessible they go to the project visit the project they look at the ground reality what's going well what's not going well like again kapil said the idea is to intervene as early as possible to help them to achieve their goals that's the idea right and i always tell the india team operations team is like eyes and ears for the whole viba organization ideally we want project leads to go but it's not always feasible and then the india operations team take the heavy load on that one and uh, also what we encourage is the project lead and the program manager to connect with the partner on a regular basis at least once a month we use technology quite a bit like whatsapp groups etc and if not at least once a quarter they connect with the partners projects uh, to see that you know everything is going as planned and uh, do that one Uh, one more thing I always tell everyone is even india operations team is like a subset of projects team we are we are not hierarchical structure here we are all in the same one team even though final decision is based on projects team we rely heavily heavily on india operations team recommendations often times or most of the time if india operations team recommends something projects team aligns with that one unless there are some you know something we need to di- discuss that's how it works uh, sandhya got it and how many remind me how many um, people do you have on the projects team chandra uh, 
the projects team because of the volunteers it ebbs and flows right. there was a time we had almost up to 20 people uh now it's about if you include the project leads it's about actually 25 but there was a time excluding project leads and program managers we used to have about 20 people but right now we are about eight people of that uh, so including every project leads program managers we are about 20 25 people sandhya got it and kapil sorry i think you mentioned at the beginning how big your team was but if you could just remind us yeah yeah sure so we are five of us so that we deliver the punch on the ground yeah yes. <laughs> that's amazing so this is like our superpower teams in the background uh managing everything that we cannot like we are not it's not easily visible to us over here yeah. you, know, you know to the volunteers overall but there is so much work that you're doing you know that's apparent from what i've heard today you're the magic elves behind the scenes putting everything together so thank you for working so hard on it yeah um so i'll move on to my next question which is a little more detail about so you know we have multiple projects we heard about a couple we've talked to a few on the podcast series but there's so many different projects that we fund um and of course we have limited funds so how do you decide how much to allocate to each project or you know how to prioritize one project over the other or put it you know how do you put them all together in a portfolio that makes the most sense or for vibhar to have the maximum impact um is there anything that you any guiding principles over there when you look to make a portfolio of projects together kapil i can go first on this one uh so typically for all the projects we are funding we know the budget and we whenever we do the planning we allocate like 5 to 10% increase on the current budgets mostly for inflation not uh, not including any scaling or expansion uh, uh, ideas that come from the proposals but uh, purely from inflation we increase about 5 to 10% we plan in our budgeting right so that gives us an idea what are current costs will be or what we need to put aside then we'll get some directions from viva mission vision even the board tells us okay this is the area new focus area or you know gap we need like for example i said digital divide so we need to focus on that one so then we need to allocate some money for that initiative we want to take it overall let's say we about 50% goes to our core projects or continuation of projects about 25 to 30% we allocate again it's rough estimates to new projects uh, to areas where we want to go and uh, no it or not about 20% uh, 10 to 20% of the budget we allocate for uh, projects uh, to be uh, led from us projects the initiatives that are there uh, here for these projects uh, the local chapters uh, take onus they make the decisions often times uh, they make the decisions they come to the projects team and uh, we look at it and if there are not any red flags we approve them but when it comes to india projects it goes through a rigorous process of approval process sandhya okay okay got it um that's great um so yeah getting a better idea of it's an important and difficult decision uh yeah to prioritize and yeah select the different projects a uh, couple did you have anything to add before i go on yes so as i said uh, during the earlier part of the podcast that 
all these public education projects need a commitment of three to five years. So certainly we ensure that the product projects that we have been funding in the past few years, we give commit, our commitment continues for those, those many years even further. And that's when we look at what's the balance that is left with us. And for the balanced budget that is uh, with us, the two main competitors are either totally new projects or projects which intend to scale up in terms of going out to newer geographies. So that's where we make uh, a comparison in terms of how well the project, the current project that we have been funding, how well it qualifies for a scale up versus a totally new project. So a new partner that we would want to onboard for a particular financial year. Got it. Got it. That's great. This makes a, it's a good summary of the guiding principles, um, scalable, replicable, you know, and having promise to work with the government in public education. So this is again a reinforcement of those decisions um, as you look to the different um, projects. Um, talking about, you know, taking on new projects, I guess the next question I have is how do new projects even enter this funnel? So, you know, I understand of the operations team, you're the ears and eyes of Vibha on the ground working closely with the projects we have. But let's say a volunteer uh, finds some an interesting project. How does he or she go about bringing that up to either the projects team or somebody at Vibha? Um, wh what is the process that we follow or we should be following that you would recommend? So the projects can come from multiple sources. Volunteer, if volunteer brings the project, that is the ideal state because we already have an engaged uh, uh, person from Viba to the project. Uh, even once the uh, volunteer, let's say volunteer gets a project or uh, let's say we go get the directive from the board or because of the, how our portfolio is right now there, there is a gap there. We want to fill the project. So once we identify that uh, project. The first step is we do the homework. When I say we, actually it's an operations team in India. They do the homework. They do the research, thorough research on what is working well, what is not working well, which area they are playing in, geography, everything. They do the map out. Once they are happy or the volunteer is happy, of course, when volunteer brings, he or she is happy with the project, right? Then uh, uh, we ask then we talk to the founder member there just to when the VC, when I say we, we expect volunteer and the program manager to talk to them to do the more homework on that. Uh, is it real? Uh, it's working well. Uh, once that is done, they, we request for a concept note. Concept note is like a two page brief proposal, what it stands for, why they are there, what are the benefits they are bringing, uh, what uh, area they are uh, uh, catering to, uh, etc. What means they have and what funds they need. Uh, they bring to the projects team. We have a thorough discussion. Sometimes it can take one and a half uh, hour call. Sometimes we have an extension on that one. Can go to up to three hours call. We have questions. If the program manager or the volunteer can answer, that's great. If they cannot answer, we ask we actually invite the founder member or the spokesperson from the project to come on call. 
then we ask those same questions we or we give them the questions uh, ahead so they come prepared uh, we ask the questions uh, they answer if we are happy with it we feel good we feel strong uh, uh, about confident about it we ask for a full proposal uh, from the partner once the proposal with the deliverables milestones and also the budget along with it again that proposal is discussed with the projects team along with our operations team of course all of us uh, discuss as a team we go through the process and if you are all aligned uh, then we give the approval we look at our budgets our uh, uh, current uh, financial situation if you are all good we uh, uh, give our approval to the project again like kapil said before whenever we onboard a project we always make sure that we want to fund them at least for 3 years doesn't mean that we will exit in 3 years but we will fund minimum of 3 years and we if, if the partnership is going strong and if they are delivering we will continue our funding right our interactions will uh, keep going on and very rarely we stop funding before 3 years and that is because either you know because some things are not going well or we are not happy with the progress etc but if that is not the case we fund at least for 3 years that's the guarantee we give to the our partners before we onboard and this is a rigorous process sometimes it takes up to 6 months that is one of the things we always say hey, this is taking too long can we streamline this process uh, but uh, since we are volunteer driven sometimes we cannot cram too many calls in a week and uh, we rather be careful be cautious rather than take a hasty decision and of course can this process be streamlined absolutely uh, but uh, this is the current process we follow sandhya to onboard a project got it and it's actually heartening to hear uh, the amount of due diligence that is put in to make sure we pick the right projects because uh, the commitment is there right for the longer term as we can see like at a minimum 3 3 years and then maybe more because we do want the project to scale and we yes. want we want to have the maximum impact in the area of public education so again you know all comes back to reinforce that so it's actually really heartening to hear the amount of work that goes in um and i did want to add in from what i'm hearing you know you mentioned everybody if it comes from a volunteer it is important because they are involved and they are passionate about it so um i wanted to send a message to our listeners that everyone should feel empowered if they see a promising project to bring it up um should they bring it up to the project's team uh, chandra how does yep. that work yeah Yeah, yeah. Bring it to the project team. If you, if the volunteer doesn't have bandwidth, we have team here to cover, and we'll. Uh, that's the ideal state, like I said, right? Coming from the volunteers is the greatest thing that can happen. Right. As long as it meets all the requirements, bells and whistles that we want to have in a project that they can deliver um, on the the promises they make. all we care about is to make an impact to bring the change to the most needed communities and the children and that's the bottom line the rest all is you know what is the best way to do it what is the efficient way to do it and viba is plays a role where we want to scale projects models that show that efficiency are bringing that benefit to the much much needed communities and children sandhya yeah yeah absolutely and Kapil, did you want to add anything before we end? Yes. 
-hmm. Yes. So uh, specifically from a volunteer point of view, I would want to add a few points. The strength of Vibha is our volunteers, the thousands of volunteers across the United States, as well as hundreds of them in India. So you rightly said everybody is equally empowered to bring to notice of the organization a promising project. But uh, sitting far away from country, I think there are certain points I must convey through your platform that all this funding that Vibha does comes in in the form of foreign funding. And uh, it's not as simple as uh, anyone in the US doing a remittance to their loved ones in India. So when it comes to organizational funding, uh, it's very much regulated in India by something called a FCRA, that is the Foreign Contribution Regulation Act. Uh, so all the foreign funding to the NGOs in India gets regulated by this FCRA. And this FCRA is not a new thing. It has been there for almost since 1970s. But what we have observed uh, in the NGO sector is that with the current government and say in a decade or so, this act is becoming very, very stringent because uh, it, there, were, there have been several instances of misuse of foreign funding. So the Indian government, more particularly the current Indian government, is uh, tightening the screws to make sure that genuine organizations only get foreign funding. And that's very important for any volunteer when they are looking at a project to ensure that all these organizations are FCRA registered and have the other government mandated registrations. So that um, that is the first checkpoint. If an organization doesn't have that, no matter how wonderful work they are doing, we will be restricted in terms of giving our funds from the US. So that, that is one important check that anyone uh, looking for and from uh, proposing a project should ensure. And as Sandra said, certainly uh, the projects team, the India operations team are there to help them with the technicalities. And uh, then definitely uh, the further due diligence which the projects team as a group does we go through we let the, pro the project go through that entire process so that at the end of it uh, we make a very judicious use of the funding that all our volunteers have put in their uh, heart and soul to bring to the organization so we we, we do justice and we feel very confident when we respond to our donors and patrons that we are putting best use of their uh, support to us. Got it. This is um, very enlightening and I'm hoping our listeners also feel as enlightened as I'm feeling today. The entire conversation, you know, we talked talked upon, we touched upon so many important points uh, and it's clear that overall, every step or every part of the process that we are following, you know, goes with the overall vision and mission, mission of Vibha. Um, you know, again, reinforcing 
public education, working with the government, scalable, replicable, these factors uh, are coming out in every step, right? Like in every step that we take, whether it's project selection or monitoring or revaluation, um, it's clear that we are going in that direction. So thank you for putting it all together for us and kind of peeling the onion to see the different layers and understand it, right? And yes, I'm uh, also, very happy to have talked about different analogies, <laughs> whether it be the bees or the elephant, uh, that one made it more, much more relatable and fun and uh, easy for us to remember too, right? So to really understand uh, the role of Vibha. Um, yeah, and just once again, thank you so much for your hard work, your contribution, and the passion, which is clear from the way you speak, both you, uh, Kapil and Chandra. Uh, thank you for all your bringing to Vibha. We are so excited and I'm so excited to bring this conversation to all our listeners. Thanks, Sandhya. Thanks, Monica. This interview with Kapil and Chandra was eye-opening in so many ways. There is so much thought, process and hard work behind the scenes that the teams put in. A heartfelt thanks to everyone involved. We have included information on how to reach the project's team in our episode's notes. Please stop by and take a look. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Vibha Connection produced by the Vibha Bay Area team. Monica Erande, Panna Chaudhary, Yash Dua, Deepak Chandrasekharan, Pramoda Shetty and me, Sandhya Acharya. Until next time, stay engaged with Vibha Connection.